Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as always by my friend and the founder and CEO of Startups.com, Will Schroeder. Will, you know, when things go well in startup land, sometimes we get to these liquid events, these these cash events, you know, something's going to happen that's going to change our lives financially, sometimes for the better. And in those moments, we've seen this happen where family, friends, people in our circles might start coming with hands outstretched. What do we do in these cases, right? When we've, we've, we've got to this point where now that thing that we wanted to have happen, happened. And now I don't want to look at this as a totally negative consequence, but like as this starts to happen and we prepare for this, what do we need to be doing? What do we need to be thinking? Well, the problem is that when we make some cash, a lot of people come looking for it. I've got a friend we were talking about before the episode. We both have a friend that came out of the NBA and made a ton of money. And when you're coming out of professional sports, everyone knows it. I mean, they actually post your, your earnings here publicly. It's in an yep. ESPN headline, right? Yeah. Like, Thanks for that, right? Yeah. Right. I, I, I wanted to talk to everybody I haven't seen since kindergarten. I definitely wanted to do that. <laughs> Which is exactly what it is. And so for us, sometimes it's not as public. Sometimes, unless it's a really big exit, chances are no one knows exactly how much money we made. But they know there's something. That's the thing. I was going to say, they don't, it doesn't necessarily matter how much, right? And in fact, if they don't know exactly how much, that can be worse, right? Because then they can, in their, in their imagination, it's like, it must have been at least a $500 million. Like, it was 38000 but okay. And that's where our story begins. So talking <laughs> about, particularly when it comes to, we can say friends, we could add friends to this, but I'm using family in this context, Ryan, because I think in this context, it's something very personal. And it makes it a lot harder to kind of disconnect from. You can lose friends, but you're kind of stuck with your family forever. (laughs) As hard as you may try otherwise. So I think it's important for founders to get a sense for when they have a wealth event, how do you deal with family? Now, we won't pretend to tell you what you should do with your family. That's a personal decision and not our, our position to talk about. But what we can talk about in no uncertain terms is how a gazillion people before you have tried this and failed miserably, (laughs) including the two guys on this podcast. So I think what would be useful is to talk about where this happens, how to get in front of it, if you can, also what to expect, what do you expect those reactions to be? We think that we're going to start off being Robin Hood, just giving money to to everybody and everybody's going to love us. It doesn't end that way. It starts that way. It does not end that way. And I think that's worth diving into. For sure. For sure. All right. So what are we talking about here? Well, are we talking about just uh, big liquid events? Are we talking about perception? Are we Because I've had this occur in a number of different ways, all the way down to things actually weren't going that well, but people around assumed that they were, right? That was the funny one for me. I had a family member come to me and go, you know, we, we've got this situation and and obviously, you know, you're in the best position to handle this. And I was like, looking around like, wait, sure? is, is there a bucket of gold in the <laughs> sure? background I didn't know about? Like, what? obviously, what's obvious about this? Like, obviously, I'm trying to keep it afloat like everybody else is. You know, that was early, early 20s, and like, I was being approached, and like, it's, it's not the case. So are, are we talking about everything's on the table here, like kind of across the board, they can come a call in whenever, or is this actually in the event where we do have the ability? Because that, that, that entirely changed the dynamic. Yeah. Doesn't even matter. Let's even like extend this as much to what it means to give money to family at any given point. Now, again, you tend to get overrun during a wealth event. I did, but I don't think it's necessarily limited to that. I'll give you an example. Let's do, use some context. So many years ago, when I was starting my career, 
I was fortunate enough that the company took off pretty quickly and I started to make some money. And I did what essentially you're not supposed to do, which is I told everyone about it because I was so proud because I was so broke. And all of a sudden things turned around that I was like, yo, look at this. This is incredible, right? Don't you want to share it with me? And I didn't mean quite literally. I meant yeah. the excitement. <laughs> In the-, the excitement, <laughs> not the routing number, just the excitement. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. And so here's what I did. The biggest jackass move of all time. I go out, I buy a bunch of expensive stuff, a new house, Lamborghini, all this cool stuff. And then I fly my entire family and I'm not knocking any of them in this, by the way, you know, I love you guys, but I fly my entire family in to revel in this victory, thinking like how cool it would be, not thinking why the hell would they want to fly in from wherever they are around the country to hang out with me in my victory dance and then be broke otherwise. <laughs> Why would they want that, right? That was so neat. obvious when I say it now. I had a different vision in my head. Of course. yeah. <laughs> Here's what happens. I telegraph to the whole family that I've got some means. They do not. You know, most of my family is not doing well. And so after that point, they're all thinking, hey, if I run into a problem, I now have rich cousin, uncle, you know, uh, son, Will, whatever. And I thought, hey, if you guys got a problem, I got some cash now. I can take care of you. And I thought of all those times, Brian, all those times where I was down on my luck, where if I had a rich uncle, cousin, Will, et cetera, that it would have been awesome to be able to call up, help me out so I could make it through college or I could do something actually pretty meaningful. Maybe not. Maybe I would have called for dumb reasons. The point is, I thought it would be great to be that person. And that's how this starts. We all start with noble intentions. We all start with thinking, I want someone else to do well by how I've done well. What we don't think about are what those costs actually are. And it's almost like this rite of passage among founders that we all go through this ridiculous journey and we all come out almost exactly the same way. We all think it was going to be a good idea. We all come out with lots and lots and lots of advice to give summarized as the word no, right? <laughs> that, that, that word will save you. You could just, if you just hear that, you're just like, just say no, uh, you can stop listening to the rest of the podcast. But if you're still intent on thinking about, right, doing this, then keep listening. We'll keep giving it to you. But yeah. Here's what happens. I sit down with a founder, let's say a new founder. It's going through this for the first time. And I actually did this last week over dinner. And we're having discussion and they say, hey, I'm going to have a wealth event. My first thing is, have you prepared for how you're going to deal with your family and you know extended loved ones, friends, what have you? And they're usually like, yeah, you know, I'm going to give this person this. They're going to give this person this. I'm going to give this person this. And I always say the same thing. I'm not here to tell you what to give to whom. I, those are my relationships, so I can't tell you. But I can tell you there's been a long, 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 long line of people before you that have done exactly this. And it's ended poorly for like 99.9% of them. And here's why. The beginning I say is, remember, you don't owe anybody anything. And we did a whole episode on this, how you didn't win the lottery, unless you won the lottery, in which case, whatever. But you earned it. This is fortune. It's not luck. Luck is when you play blackjack or you hit the Powerball lottery. Fortune is when you work really hard at a specific goal and it goes your way. Right? You don't win the Super Bowl by being lucky. You actually had to work harder than everybody else out and perform better in order to win the Super Bowl. Luck doesn't win anything. And so I always say that because I think part of what gets instilled in us is that we were lucky 
And therefore, it only makes sense to share the bounty of our luck with other people. Almost like we don't really deserve it because we didn't really earn it. And that's bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's easy to get caught in that trap though, right? Especially if you're looking around at people who aren't doing as well or aren't suffering. Like, look, in the last, and I know you've probably been hearing this story more in the last couple of years, as the macro environment has taken a shit all over itself, right? Starting with the pandemic and everything else, there's a lot of suffering, right? A lot of people suffering in a lot of ways and in a far more public dialogue than ever before. I think people became more comfortable talking about because everyone was going through the same shit. Everybody was comfortable talking about the fact, you know, they're not doing well, whatever. So if you are one of the outliers who in that same period did quite well, there was additional pressure, additional, you know, contrast between you and those people around you who you may or may have wanted to help, right? So it's made it significantly more difficult in the last couple of years. But to your point, nobody's owed anything, right? And it doesn't mean that you don't want to do things to help. But I think that what we're trying to... Yeah, you want to do right. Yeah, you want to... You want to, got to come to an understanding of, is there still like, maybe we'll use the oxygen mask analogy here, right? So we've certainly seen this. You and I both have, have examples of people close to us personally who have overextended themselves while helping and then ended up in dire straits themselves, right? That's the worst. And guess what? All those people you helped weren't there to bail you out at the end when you were now destitute right alongside them. You're like, yo, thank God I gave Uncle Ernie, you know, that uh, $750,000. Turns out he didn't actually need that for medical bills. He took it to the racetrack, but he hit the trifecta, won $5.4 million, <laughs> and now he's bailing me out. So, you know, all things considered, it was worth it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so let's, let's play out the first point. First point is to make it clear. It never ends. Once you break the seal of giving away money, it never ends. In fact, the moment you break that seal, it's like pushing this giant boulder down a hill and then trying to stop it. It gets worse and worse. Actually, probably a snowball would be a better metaphor here because it just gets bigger and worse the entire time. Here's what it looks like. Here's how it plays out. And if you're going through this now, you'll probably be nodding your head. And if you haven't, turn the radio up <laughs> because this is important. It starts like this. Uncle Shaggy needs some money, right? Uncle Shaggy's been a little bit down on his luck. You have a good relationship with Uncle Shaggy. He's a good dude. And he reaches out and says, I need some money. And he says, hey, you know, can you loan me? doesn't matter the amount. It's called $1,000. The amount is actually inconsequential. And you say, sure, no problem. That's actually, you know, if it's money I've got on hand that I never had before, would love to help you out, you know, appreciate where you're at. Cool. Now, here's what he does. He goes to your Aunt Velma and he goes to your cousin Daphne. And he mentions the fact that you helped him out. He's actually, you know, singing your praises, which is the worst thing that he can possibly do. The best thing Shaggy could have done is keep quiet about it all, right? And he shares that fact of your generosity. And, and, and again, in this case, he's actually complimenting you. But it doesn't end like that. Now, guess who the next two people that are calling you are, right? Now, here's what happens. Do they all ride in a mystery van? I knew it. Yeah, I, I, I knew I'm where so this was going. On this I knew one. you really have an Uncle Shaggy. <laughs> I, I was like, I thought we were keeping the names yeah, out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaggy is a giveaway. So, but Velma calls, right? And she's like, look, I really appreciate what you did for Shaggy. She's going to warm you up. I really appreciate what you did for Shaggy. To be honest, I'm kind of in a similar situation myself. I could really use insert value here. Here's where it starts to break. No matter what, what you pick on this choose your own adventure, you lose. If you choose option A, which is give Velma money, you lose because now you've just opened that thread for now on. If you choose option B, don't give Velma money, you lose because now she thinks you're an a-hole. 
Yep. Now she tells the family how she was in need <laughs> yep. in the same amount of time that Shaggy was spending singing your praises. Let me tell you, when people are upset, they sing a lot more. <laughs> and she's talking to a lot. How dare he? How right. dare he say that yeah. he's willing to help out Shaggy, <laughs> but not me, right? Hell, am I worth less? Is our relationship not good? And here's the fun thing, Ryan. Five seconds ago, your relationship was fine. Before she made that phone call, your relationship was just fine. She torpedoed the relationship, right? Exactly. Not the way she sees it. Yep, yep. You're at fault. It keeps going. Now, cousin Daphne calls. Because she's thinking, ah, maybe that was just Velma, right? Maybe that was just Velma. And now she calls. And she says, hey, you know, I could really use help with this thing. And it's pretty important. She understands someone was turned down. So she has to make sure that you really understand the gravity of it. And you do. Once again, two options. Both of them you lose, right? If you give the money, which most people do, You've now started a thread with her, which we'll get back to in a second. If you don't give the money, now you really look like an a-hole. Now you have two people. And keep multiplying that by however many family members you have, right? That's how this actually goes. Now let's get back to Shaggy. Shaggy, who up to this point in the story is the winner of this whole thing, only sung your praises, right? A year goes by. I don't know, maybe two years goes by. doesn't matter. Shaggy comes back to you. He said, Will, you're not going to believe this. XYZ just happened again. I need a little bit of cash. Here's where you're at. If you say yes, you now have to say yes every single time. Why? Because you've already done it before. If you gave it to him before, why wouldn't you give it to him again? And instead of the benefit of trying to help him out, you now have the detriment with him and every single other person of explaining to them why you're not going to keep giving them money. How do I know this? Because I did it for 20 years. In fact, I didn't stop doing it until my wife came along and she was like, dude, do you know you're writing checks like every month to somebody? And I'm like, nah, nah, that's, I'm just, you know, that one person needed a thing. No, literally I have, I have it printed out right here. Yeah. Oh my God, man. (laughs) She said two things that, that really struck me. I'll never forget sitting in our living room, her telling me this. And I was just so beside myself. She said, one, has anyone ever paid you back? And I was like, well, I mean, no, shit. No. Uh, okay. The second thing she said, has anybody ever really said thank you? Not when they hung up the phone. Did they ever come back to you later and actually thanked you? Show some gratitude, appreciation. And I tried to think of every single situation that I was in, every single situation where I did something. I don't. It doesn't matter whether I bought dinner or whatever, right? And again, this is among friends, family, a lot of people, because I'd helped out a lot of people over a long period of time. And I was like, damn, dude. I can't think of any. Now, I'm sure someone did, right? I mean, my memory isn't exactly my friend, but it didn't stand out like one of those, I got this, you know, long email or letter or phone call from someone just expressing gratitude. It's not framed on your office somewhere, right? Yeah. No, but I got an awful lot of IOUs on that frame. (laughs) (laughs) I got a lot of IOUs. And I was like, damn. And she said something. And again, She was just a catalyst, and I'm not going to put it on her because I should have known this. She said, at this point, what would make this stop? Given what you've done, how many times you've said yes, how many times you've enabled behaviors, why would it ever stop? And I had no answer. And that was just mind-blowing. Like She saw it, obviously, because she came to the, the situation fresh, and she was like, dude, you're getting taken advantage of. I looked at it being like, I'm just doing it for so long, I lost sight of it. You know what I mean? You know, something that's really funny about everything we talk about here is that none of it is new. Everything you're dealing with right now has been done a thousand times before you, which means the answer already exists. You may just not know it, but that's okay. 
That's kind of what we're here to do. We talk about this stuff on the show, but we actually solve these problems all day long at groups.startups.com. So if any of this sounds familiar, stop guessing about what to do. Let us just give you the answers to the test and be done with it. Just lose track of it. Yeah, and look, I think there's there's a several fold problem there. Once like once you start it, right? Like then how do you stop? Right? How do you say no to one person when you've said yes to somebody else? I think it's worth noting, like when people need something, they can be deeply manipulative, right? So I, we'll go back to your whether they expect to or not. Yeah, whether they expect you or not, they're just they're doing what they think they need to do because they weren't coming to us asking like, "Hey, will you, will you grab me a Rolex?" Like it wasn't that. It was like, "Hey, we're not going to make ends meet," or "Hey, we can't make the tuition payment." Whatever. Like it was, you know, it was important stuff. And of course, you want to help, but it can be insanely manipulative. To go back to your example, I guess this would have been wasn't Velma coming? It was Daphne coming, right? So I had already said no to a subsequent ask. I, I had helped, and then I said no to someone else. And then a third came and referenced those two as leverage, right? And basically said, like, look, I totally understand why you weren't able to help Thelma. What is it? Thelma? Thelma. I, I, need to, I need to review my 80s cartoons. You're mixing movies at this point. I know, I know. Like, yeah, there was Louise. But that's how this one ends with us going off the, uh, off the cliff in a car. That's how, this, how all this ends. <laughs> Metaphorically, yes. <laughs> so that is how we should do this. So in any case, the third one came and, and basically referenced those other two. It was like, you know, of course you helped Shaggy because of this. And, you know, that was great. And I understand totally why you couldn't help so-and-so. And I get that you'll help me because of. And it was like, oh, damn. Like, you went deep here and assumed the sale, which clever. But damn, that's evil, right? Boxed me out. Yep. Yeah, it just, it feels awful. And again, like you want to be able to do these things. I think there's a level of addiction there once you've started and you've begun to do this. And look, like nonprofits, you know, deploy this tactic all the time, right? Once you've given once, they keep coming back to you and saying, right? Like I, I get the email every year from Wikipedia thanking me as like one of the eight people who donate every year and, <laughs> and reminding me that, you know, I'm unlike 98% of their users. I'm special. Right? Oh, good. I want to keep being special. I'll keep giving you Or money. said differently. Everyone else is awful. Yeah. Here's the thing. To your point, Ryan, they see a pattern of behavior. And now, unless you follow the positive pattern of behavior, you're an a-hole. And you being an a-hole, this is just the beginning. See, because all we're talking about is where you're an a-hole at the point that uh, you said no to somebody. Trust me, this goes on and on and on. Here are some examples of how many opportunities you get to be an a-hole from here on out. You're sitting at Thanksgiving, let's say, and someone's talking about how their car broke down and how they can't afford to fix it and how blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, you're mentioning prior to that, the sweet new Lamborghini that you got, right? Now, again, those were two different conversations, right? But they overheard it. You know how they processed it? Fuck you. That's how they processed it, right? So instead of being just the fun person that gave everybody hugs, et cetera, you're fuck you person now. And like, it's like, damn, dude, what did I even do there? You might say, well, well, don't talk about that stuff if your family, if you know they have issues, et cetera. Cool. You know how many things you have to censor in a conversation to be 100% sure? Everything, because everything can be mapped back to where you have the luxury of doing something and someone else doesn't. I'm not talking about the repair bill on your Lamborghini. I'm talking about literally anything. Anything, yep. And so, yeah, this thing gets it's over and over and over. And if you look at lots of families, where someone has made money, you always seem to have someone who just disconnects from the family, right? The patriarch kind of like disconnects from the family and or the uncle that made money disconnects from the family. And it always happens. And everybody just assumes that that person's a total a-hole. Maybe they are. 
But generally speaking, it didn't start like that. It started because they started to feel disconnected, right, in an awful way. And so when people think, oh, damn, you know, this won't be an issue. Dude, it's an issue whether you give the money or not, right? You know, this is this is hard coded. The relationship changes whether you like it or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it, to some degree, it, it comes down to just a little bit of jealousy. And it doesn't take a lot either, right? And it doesn't have to be monetary. To your point, we, we talked about this a little bit before we kicked off the episode uh, live, but it can occur over just even how you get to spend your time. And again, some of this is just perception, not reality, right? Like the, the, the family member that came to me early on and was like, hey, obviously you can handle this. You are reading the situation wrong. My company is running me, not the other way around at this point. And so this happens in a, in a lot of different ways. But let's circle back to something that you, you said earlier, which was, you know, there's a bunch of IOUs hanging on the wall, right? And I know you meant that metaphorically because I don't think we ever, we ever documented any of this, right? I would have to like go back and mentally tally who and, and where I've given money to because I haven't documented it clearly. It wasn't treated that way. Generally presented as like, you know, could you lend me some money until we get through? Could you help us out with this until, right? There was almost always some follow-on circumstance that was going to change their lives that then they wouldn't need the, the help anymore. Oftentimes with either an implied or even like a direct statement of repayment. I don't know how your mileage has gone on that, but I have yet to get any money back Right? I haven't asked for any either. I have it would be the worst bank ever. Yeah, I've gone I've gone to exactly nobody and said, "Hey, remember when I gave you that money, you know, and you called it a loan. You said lend me some money, you know, help me out for now. It's time now. You know, it's been 14 years. Now would be a, a great time to, you know, kick that back. I've got some stuff I want to do with it. Never had that conversation, never asked, but neither has anybody brought it up to me nor paid me back a dime. The other thing we'll talk about is not only it never ends, it's never a loan. Yep. We want to believe that it looks and feels like a loan, and it's always presented as a loan. It's always presented as, hey, will you loan me some money? I need $500 for something. Will you loan me some money? Because saying straight up, will you just give me your money? It just makes everybody sound like a jerk. So no one does. And to be fair, sometimes that's the intention. Hey, you know, I'd love to go to, to Uncle Ryan. He let me borrow some money, and I can take care of this one thing, and I'll just pay him back. Now, there's a couple things to note. Generally speaking, depending on who you are in life, you probably can't pay it back. That's one piece. Two, you are an unsecured creditor. You know, if we're just using like banking terms, you are a very unsecured creditor. And so the moment I lend someone money, let's say that Uncle Fred calls. And Uncle Fred, the only person we, we haven't used in the mystery machine other than Scooby, Uncle Fred calls and he says, hey, I need to borrow $1,000. Cool. Okay. Now, a couple things are at play there. He used it in terms of I need to borrow because asking to borrow money doesn't sound that nefarious. Asking to borrow money implies a little bit of nobility that I'll actually pay you back. Cool. So it's an easier way to take my money. And again, I, I know I'm sounding like a, a little bit off here. Like, wow, you know, he seems like really angry about this subject. It's not. I just have watched it so many times with so many people. We've seen a lot of people put through a lot of really undue pain over this. People who didn't do anything to deserve being ostracized by their family, and yet now they are, right? They became the a-hole at Thanksgiving. Why? Because they gave some people some money, and then they didn't, right? Okay, well, are you mad at everybody else who never gave anything? No, they were just noble and stayed their path and just didn't have any resources. Yeah, they're cool. Cool that they never made it. Great. Yeah. So that <laughs> so if you're hearing if you're hearing an edge to our voice today, I think it's because it's partially because of personal experience, which of course does form an opinion and, and does shape how we feel about things. 
But man, we see this play out so many times with other founders that we talk to. And some of them, like I haven't been deeply wounded by any of this. And I certainly haven't taken that additional step of going into, you know, full debt myself and needing help. But we've seen people that have had this happen, right? They were very generous with people around them. And then their turn to pay the piper came up and it didn't go well. And there was nobody there to support them, right? That leaves you feeling both betrayed and desperate. And it's just, I hate seeing people in this, in this situation. So I think, you know, as you're hearing any vitriol, any, any edge to our voice today, it's not necessarily personal experience. It's having watched this played out across dozens and hundreds of founders at this point. And just, it's bad. It's bad for you folks. Also, the other side of it is, look, if you're going to do it, do it. Just know what you're signing up for. Just know what you're signing up for, right? It's not alone. It's not coming back. <laughs> okay. So, so uncle Fred calls and says, Hey, I need a loan. I need a thousand dollars. Cool. It's a loan. It's exchange of money. Everyone understands that. I'm going to get my money back. We'll be even at the end of it, right? Except you won't. You're never getting paid back. Because here's what's going to happen. If Uncle Fred could have made the money himself or, or gotten the money himself, he would have. If he could have gone to a traditional lender that would have based it off of his credit, et cetera, he would have. Yeah. No, lending's not fair to everybody. There's a reason they came to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lending's not fair to everybody. I was in a place in my life where I couldn't get a loan from anybody. So I get it, right? I get it. But here's the difference. I take your money and now a month goes by, two months goes by, whatever your time period where those payments are due. Here's what actually happens. Fred calls you up. He's like, oh man, okay. Listen, I got you. We're good. We're good. Your money's as, as good as cash in the bank, but yeah. I can't cover you this month. <laughs> and you're like, oh, man, don't even worry about it. You know, it's not a big deal to you, right? You're not too worried about that thousand dollars. Month two goes by and he still hasn't made a payment yet. And he's like, hey, listen, I can't do it this month, but I can definitely do it next month. Sob story, sob story. And you know, I've got you covered. Cool. But it's awkward by that point. It's awkward. Month three goes by. And now you're just going to get a terse text, right? Just something that's basically minimum viable answer for why yeah, you're right. also not getting paid this month. From this point on, two things happen. Number one, you're not looking forward to these interactions anymore because being a <laughs> debt collector say, sucks. Oh, man. I remember being so relieved when I just stopped getting them. Like once it got to the point where it was just like you get to that third month terse, like things are still shit. Sorry. And nothing else. Right? And that was it. I was just like, oh, okay. Hopefully next month there'll just be nothing. Like that. that's preferable at some point, right? Like it's not what we wanted. It's a victory compared to the, the constant thread of excuses, right? When you said you got me covered, I didn't mean for you to blanket me with excuses about why you're not paying me back. I really just <laughs> not pay me back and not say anything at this point. If you ever, 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 ever want to assure that you can end a relationship, loan that person money. <laughs> We'll guarantee it will come to a head one way or the other. Again. Yep. So it's Christmas morning and Fred's waking up. He's got a bunch of calls to make because he wants to wish people Merry Christmas. When do you, who do you think he's calling first? His buddy that he hardly knows and could give a shit less about calling or you who he owes money to. <laughs> right. Gotta guess. Me, you're never getting a Christmas call again. And that's how this develops because loans aren't loans. Loans are someone, uh, you know, look, a loan is when you give it back, right? Yep. When you don't give it back, you're just taking money. That's either a gift or a theft, depending on, you know, and how you feel about it. And so for us, again, as the person loaning the money, don't loan money. You may give it to people. At first, after I had not gotten pay paid back like a hundred times, I realized that all I was really doing was giving people money, which by the way, Ryan, Produced its own challenges, particularly among men, by the way. Men have like this ego thing, right? Where, no, I'm going to pay you back. And like, bro, I know you won't, 
but just giving them like a handout. That's the thing. Like they they need to say it. They need to feel good about it when they take it. So it's it's their own ego that's insisting that it's a loan. They had a selfish pride. Yeah, selfish pride. Yeah, that look, I get it. I get it. Nobody wants to be dependent on somebody else, right? Even if they are. Just so I'm not totally sexist about this, that was just my experience, right? Women were just cooler about it. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, right? But men were were almost like this confrontational, like arm wrestling transaction that it had to be. And I was like, I, I just give you the money. Like, okay, we just get beyond this because it's making me super uncomfortable. Now, get this. Fast forward way beyond. This is where I really want you to understand how this snowball compounds. You've now lent Shaggy, Velma, Daphne, and Fred money. None of them have paid you back. Maybe one person paid you back a little bit. Now it's Thanksgiving and you show up and everyone in the room owes you money and everyone in the room hasn't called you in forever and everyone in the room had excuses of why they can't uh, give it back to you. Here's where it gets really cool because number one, you probably didn't even get invited to to Thanksgiving anymore. (laughs) Pretend that you did. You show up. Now everyone's filtering every bit of their conversations. They can't talk about how they're doing well at anything because that means you could pay their money back. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And so they're avoiding conversations with you. You know what they're also avoiding it with? Your wife, your kids, or anybody else that might talk about their ability to repay back. Imagine going to dinner with all of your creditors and how fun that conversation would be Right at dinner. That's essentially who you are to them at this point. And it sucks. And even if you try to be really cool about it, which I know I did, and I was like, ah, you know, don't worry about it. You know, it's it's water under the bridge, what have you. That's not the way they feel about it. Because what they'll typically do, and again, I'm not speaking just for me, but from what I've heard, they demonize you. Instead of saying or vilify you, they say, what a rich asshole Ryan is. So they want to come up with a reason why you're in the wrong so they can just feel better about basically having taken your money. And it happens all the time. That said, like we were saying, we hope it doesn't happen to you. We hope none of this happens to you. Here's the way. It was one way to actually attack it. This is kind of you know how we wrap and focus. I went to my family and I instruct lots of founders to do the same and use the same exact words. When someone asks for money, as early on as you can, especially if you're just getting into this, straight up say, I don't want to have a financial relationship with you. I'm down for everything else. If you need me to help you move and carry your stuff, call me. I'm there. If you're having a tough time in life and you just need somebody to walk through stuff, make sure I'm the first person you call. I'll walk you through anything. I've got your back, just like every other family member hopefully does. I just don't want to be your bank. I don't want to be your credit card company. I don't want to be your auto lender. I don't want to be that person because I don't want to come around collecting for people. I just don't want to have that. And I think that'll ruin our relationship. And if I'm being honest, like when I went through it in my life, People actually took it pretty well. Like they were actually pretty cool about it. Now, maybe they told me to go F myself as soon as I hung up the phone, probably. But but it did change the dynamic of the relationship. And I haven't lent a, a penny since. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and it yeah, it was that that's the that's the important part, right? Which is that it it had its own circumstance, but what it didn't have were a bunch of knock-on circumstances that continue to snowball out of control. Right. Yeah. I, I think the other the other thing, I think that's that's sound advice, right? Like just, you know, putting it out there that you don't want that type of relationship. I dealt with this slightly differently. There were a couple of situations where even after knowing better, I continued to to support some folks. 
And then, you know, and again, like, because I didn't feel like fighting their egos in the moment to say, no, this is just a gift. This isn't a loan. They insist, okay, it's a loan. After six, seven, eight months or whatever it was, you know, the time period had lapsed where they were supposed to have started paying it back. They said, you know, I just need three months and then, you know, we're going to move. We're going to get this new job. We're going to refinance, whatever it was. I went back and formally, formally forgave the loan. I didn't use the word forgive because that sounds a little over the top, but I basically said, hey, let's close this out. You know what? I'm in a position right now where I don't need that back. I don't want it hanging over your head. I don't want it hanging over our heads collectively. I don't want you to have to feel differently about what's going on in your life. Like you can't tell me, Hey, this is really exciting. This thing's happening. Or like when we go out to dinner that you can't order appetizers because you haven't paid me back yet. Cause who fucking knows people money and orders appetizers, you asshole. But you know, like, <laughs> so it's like, so I, I took it off I'll the take, table. I'll take it to go back. <laughs> I took it. I took it off the table. Yeah. Like you're not eating all that. You're going to put the sugar in your bag. You still owe me money, you shithead. Um, you better milk this for all it's worth. So I, I, that helped. That definitely helped. It helped to ease those relationships. So if, if that's more of what you're worried about is like how it impacts the family dynamic, there are definitely ways to both give and not become completely ostracized. Now, it's not as controllable as just not giving the money. That is by far prevention far easier than maintenance, repair, or cure here. But I have had success with that as well, where it just took a bit of over-the-top communication with people to say, look, this is what it was when we decided to do it. This is where we're at now. Nothing's happening. I'm okay with that. I want you to know I'm okay with that. And I want to know that you're okay with that too, so that we can just move on and have a normal relationship to the extent that that's possible with anybody you're actually related to. I agree. I'd say what, let's caveat this. Let's caveat this. kind of a postscript to say, giving money away, whether it's a loan, whether it's a gift, however you do it, is a personal decision. We're not here to tell you what to do with your family. Do what you will. All we're here to tell you is that what you're about to do or have done, it's been done for generations before you by lots and lots of smart people who all expected a different outcome and generally didn't get it. All we're trying to convince you is that there are consequences to this, that when this comes up, that this isn't quite as easy as it sounds and it doesn't make you Mr. High Five Guy the entire time. There are consequences to doing this. And so long as you recognize the consequence, so long as you understand the long-term costs of doing this and how you plan to deal with it, you should be fine. And honestly, from Ryan and I, we actually hope you are. So in addition to all the stuff related to founder groups, you've also got full access to everything on startups.com. That includes all of our education tracks, which will be funding, customer acquisition, even how to manage your monthly financers. There's so much stuff in there. All of our software, including BizPlan for putting together detailed business plans and financials, LaunchRock for attracting early customers, and of course, Fundable for attracting investment capital. When you log into the startups.com site, you'll find all of these resources available.